0: I'm so glad you're joining me here today at L4, Living Loud, Living Long, a well-living community for 50 Up Women. I'm Dr. Hughes, and today we are talking about women's health and entrepreneurship, and want to start by thanking our patron, Robert Hughes. Jill, thank you so much for joining us today at Living Loud, Living Long. Glad that you are able to take the time with your growing startup. Uh, Jill is joining us today from GenEV, and we're going to be talking about women's health and entrepreneurship. Hi, it's good to be here. Well, thank you very much for talking with us today. Now, you have worked, Jill, at one of the largest and best known tech companies, Microsoft, for quite a few years before leaving and launching your startup, GenEV. How did you make the decision to leave and start your own venture?
1: You know, um, I had a wonderful career in the tech industry and had been working at Microsoft for about 15 years and loved it. And I happened to be on a sabbatical at the time when I met my co-founder who had a long and very successful career at Neutrogena. Um, She had helped build the Neutrogena brand and sold it to Johnson & Johnson and um, really had the vision for women's health, specifically in menopause and how underserved it was. And when we got to talking, um, one thing led to another. And you know, it was really serendipitous that um, the two of us connected and had such a aligned vision around, doing something really good for women where something needed to be done and that was menopause care. And so it made the decision to leave my corporate job relatively easy. It was the biggest risk I'd ever taken, but certainly looking back it's one I'm glad I took and haven't haven't looked back if you if you think of it that way.
0: Oh, fantastic. And just to let our listeners know, how many years have you been running Jenna, so we can get an idea of what stage the company is in its growth.
1: Yeah, you know, it's um, we really launched in 2016, so it's been about five to six years only. So we're we're considered a startup. We're still relatively new, but you know, it's been it's been five to six years of a lot of learning.
0: Well, that's wonderful, and um, we're going to talk more about it and hear how you how you learned as you grew the company. The one question I wanted to ask you is, I know. A number of people have approached me when they're thinking of transitioning from working at a larger company, and then they want to make the switch to entrepreneurship, and often they find that there's some surprising differences. And so I wanted to get your insights on what surprised you the most when you made the switch from being an employee to an entrepreneur.
1: I would say the biggest surprise changing as an entrepreneur from my corporate position, I think more than anything was you just have to start doing. Um, I think when in my broader career, there was always a lot of planning involved and thoughtfulness, not to diminish that in any way. But in the entrepreneurial world, you learn more by doing and mistakes and experimentation and quick decision-making more than in the corporate world where you kind of line up a lot of people and get a plan in place and objectives and key results. And that's all very important, but as an entrepreneur and in the startup world, I just needed to move really quickly because I didn't have resources to A, do research or look at the data, nor did I have time to, you know, just kind of thoughtfully plan Um, because every day counts in terms of sales and income and compensating your employees and so forth. And so the pace is so much different. So I think for me, in any case, you just, you just got to jump in and, and start doing and take on the risk and, and keep moving. Um, Cause the moment you stand still is really sometimes the moment that you just fall behind or you don't keep driving at the pace that it needs to move.
0: Yes. Yeah, so I like your comment about making sure that you just sort of seize the the moment and you take action because sometimes we can be so paralyzed by planning and wanting everything to go perfectly that we don't actually start. And that's one of the key things for making sure that we get going as entrepreneurs is just just get in there and start without worrying about perfection at the moment. Absolutely. What steps did you take early on in setting up your venture that you think has led to the success that you have seen so far? I I know you can't plan everything, but there must have been some things that you did set up or you did plan at the beginning.
1: You know, I would say in terms of, you know, key decisions early on, again, number one, start doing, don't wait, don't, there's no moment where you're going to be completely like Perfectly ready um, would be, I guess, kind of number one. Uh, I think as well, you really have to talk to your customers and understand what's going to motivate them, or what's going to attract them, or or how do you, how does your product serve them? In my case, in particular, early on, you know, I very kind of scrappily reached out to 1,500 women in menopause to understand. What had they done in the past to address their symptoms? And the overriding insight that I learned by talking to those women was they weren't unprepared. And if anything, they just wanted a lot more education. And so for me, that guided my first step in planning for the business to say, we've got to start publishing a lot of education that women can count on. And then we've got to get it in front of them. And how could I do that with the least amount of money possible? Because I didn't have... You know, a lot of funding to work from. And so my first key hire was a person who was a writer, and she and I would interview women um, struggling with their menopausal symptoms and or we would interview people professionals doctors physical therapists acupuncturists anybody working with this population of women to help them feel better and manage through this time of their health changes and just started publishing information and then we would optimize it for search because we knew women were online searching out why can't i sleep anymore what's a hot flash you know why am i so cold at night you know and i think through that that was one of the first key decisions that i made was when in doubt, go to your customers. Go start talking to people. Don't sit, plan, try to just read any kind of reports and data you can get your hands on. That's important, but certainly go and talk to your customer.
0: We have talked about the topic of menopause. In fact, just in our last podcast with L4, we had a a physical trainer who was talking to us about uh, her approach with women in menopause and how she helps them we have found through that in conversations with people in the community that it's a very difficult challenging topic and, uh, many people feel it's a taboo topic and it's hard to talk about even with women even with other women have you experienced difficulties in talking with others or those 1500 women that you first reached out to was that hard? What kind of reception did you get from them?
1: It's always difficult. And surprisingly, it's been, I've learned it's more difficult for women to talk about it than I ever imagined it would be. Partly because, again, menopause, yeah, it has this stigma of a couple things. It, you know, it feels like you're getting old. A lot of the symptoms that come with it are kind of embarrassing. And overall, it's just really been something that no woman is proud to go through. There's no, you know, end result, like having a baby or something like that, that you are looking forward to other than being on the other side of it. So there is always a light at the end of the tunnel, for sure, with with this kind of transition in your health. With getting women to talk about it, I think first and foremost, what I've learned is, number one, the more we drive conversation, the more it will normalize it so that women do feel more comfortable talking about it. I tend to, because people know what I do, they tend to bring it up with me I'm seen as a trusted place. So I think just knowing the more women know that others are in menopause or they're talking about it, then they're more apt to talk about it. So it's this flywheel snowball kind of effect that we've really just got to continue to drive and do. The more that each of us is informed about our own health, it really then starts to make you curious to know more. And to ask questions. And then before you know it, you're talking about it. And the number one way we drive that, you know, for kind of the hundreds of thousands of women who come to genev.com every day or every month um, is through our what we call our menopause assessment and early on women kept asking us how do i know if i'm in menopause or where am i at how long is it going to last you know where am i at in this this 10 to 20 year journey so we created this assessment it's a questionnaire you just fill it out and it helps the user understand why she's experiencing the symptoms that she just reported in the assessment and then it also tells her where in the journey she's at
0: yeah that sounds fantastic and i'm glad to hear you have so many different ways of outreach and and educating uh, women about menopause. And I like the description that you gave that it's a normal part, it's a normal part of life. And it should be something that we feel comfortable in talking about. It's not as though you have an illness or you you have things that can be helped through therapies, but it's a normal part of everyday life that every woman will go through at some point. So I feel that the more that we can spread the word, uh, which you're doing and we're also doing with all with 4 to have that understanding that it's not a taboo topic. It's just something that we all live through. We can help and share and support each other. Now, what is the biggest concern that you have heard from women who are undergoing menopause? I know you mentioned education is a concern, but is there some particular aspect that they're worried about or they they bring up most often?
1: Yeah, you know, I think um, more than anything, women just say, I don't feel like myself, and things have changed, and I don't know why. And it's oftentimes, I'm tired all the time, I've gained weight and I haven't changed my diet or my workout schedule. I feel like I'm losing my mind. I'm quick to anger. These are all kind of unexplained changes that really change a woman's quality of life that kind of all happen oftentimes at the same time and aren't necessarily linked right back to the Real natural hormonal changes that are happening in a woman's body around perimenopause. Um, we tend to think, oh, menopause is hot flashes, you know, or moodiness, and that's it. And it's so much more. There's 34 different symptom categories that are related to this hormonal shift. And women experience a combination of those at at every one moment, and it can change from six to 12 months. And so it really is this metamorphosis that our body is going through to prepare itself for the second half of life. And if you think about it that way, it's a a very positive thing. Um, We are preparing and readying ourselves for you know the long term potential chronic issues that can happen around heart bone and brain health but it's just setting us up for a real real amazing part of life in our post reproductive years where we get to thrive independently with a lot more freedom and so when we we hear from women it tends to start with vague kind of symptoms around those categories i mentioned i'd say the top always are inability to sleep weight gain and changing mood or extreme anxiety. Those are the top three. Then you get into things like hot flashes, night sweats, painful sex, loss of libido. Um, Those are also, and then inflammation and fatigue are, are big things that we hear commonly too. A lot of women suffer from, hair changes, dryness, or loss, skin changes. Those things are part of maturity in life, but they're also very much related to estrogen loss. As we lose estrogen in our bodies, that keeps things moist um, and in the state that they were at a point in your life. And as that starts to move out of our bodies, our hair is going to get drier and maybe thinner and, and start to gray and and again, it's a natural transition. That's kind of the common dialogue that our doctors and our health coaches hear from the customers that come to GENEV.
0: That's all good to know. And I think it helps as people educate themselves. But I also liked what you said about transformation, because transformation, it can have some uncomfortable parts, but it also can have a positive. So you are close to 50 yourself, and you are running this growing startup, Genev. and how has your life stage made it easier or harder to run this particular startup?
1: You know, I would say on the easy side, obviously, I get my customer. I, you know, really understand what she's going through as I start to um, go through some of this myself, so that always helps. Empathy, you know, being in that same yes. place of understanding is huge in running a business when you understand your your customer and your constituency so well. I would say, in terms of challenges as a you know emerging 50 year old woman, obviously I also in the startup world I have to go out to raise capital for the business, and you know investors like the typical you know their typical prototype of a startup. Uh, entrepreneur is a you know younger male. And so I I'm obviously an older female. And so in their eyes, I might not be your prototypical precedent for what makes money. And so I have to work harder and differently to kind of find the capital that we need for the company. And if I were to say any one big challenge, it's been that because not only do I have to kind of overcome their perception of me but then also you know just kind of have to educate them on menopause and why menopause and why it's such a big market and a good investment opportunity and also the right thing to do there's just so much so much in it that I have to kind of try to drive and me being a, a, an emerging 50 year old female doesn't help it
0: yes but at the same time as you were saying that your company is authentic <laughs> in, you know, you being closer to the market that you're trying to reach. And I feel that now, especially nowadays, uh, consumers are really attuned to how authentic companies are. And so I I do feel like uh, that's something that's on the good side uh, to be authentic to your customers. Now, have you experienced any challenges? You mentioned uh, a moment ago about uh, funding is, of course, hard, and it's hard for every startup to uh, raise capital. Uh, have you experienced any other challenges, or do you want to talk more about that? And how have you been able to overcome these challenges?
1: You know, I would say beyond the funding challenge, um, another one is just what we're trying to do um, in terms of building, you know, a repeatable menopause treatment model is new. And anytime you do something for the first time, like our work is pioneering. No one has gone out to say, we're going to treat menopause. And this is the kind of model for doing that. Our model has multiple touch and it's a whole person kind of health review and um, program.
0: I know that you are also a strong supporter of diversity, and you've been supporting other women entrepreneurs through the CEO Activator. You've been volunteering with a girls' STEM focused school. How do you feel that we can keep improving the environment for women leaders?
1: I think, you know, women leaders need mentors. And so if you are a female leader and a young woman or or an older woman reaches out to ask you for coffee or for perspective on something, or, or if you can help on something, say yes, make time. I cannot tell you how many women leaders I've reached out to asking for 30 minutes or 15 minutes of their time to get their advice on this, that, and the other. And I will never forget that because that's helped me advance to where I'm at. And so we need role models. And the more that we can all step up to be role models for women in whatever way, capability or time we have available to us, do it because it's going to flourish and support kind of just the contribution of women in this society and all that we have to offer.
0: Now, if there is one final piece of advice, what would you give to our listeners who are considering starting their own venture?
1: You know, I think more than anything, you know, being that this is kind of a 50 plus audience for the most part, what you have going for you is confidence and chutzpah, if you will, um, as we as we mature through life and we have more time under our belts, we have more confidence just because we have more wisdom. We've done more in life. We've failed more in life. We've succeeded more in life than the women behind us. Um, and so now is the time to take a risk, to explore a dream that you've had. What do you have to lose? Uh, you know, I think that mentality of um, what do you have to lose in terms of ego or reputation or, you know, whatnot, as long as you can kind of afford it from a time and money standpoint. Those things, I, you know, I I think they I think that notion of ego or reputation matters slightly less as we get older because our confidence hopefully is at a point and based upon the history we've had to go out and, and start a venture. So if you've got a dream or a thought or an idea and you've kind of just been thinking about it, you know, I think the best way to get going is start talking about it with people. The more you're voicing it, the more you're hearing yourself talk about it, the more you get thoughts and feedback from others, it starts to morph into something. And, you know, just conversations are a great way to get things going and, and really also to test your own conviction around the idea. So uh, that's that's always my my kind of way of any kind of idea, even if it's within my venture, I start talking to people about it, whether it's with a customer or a board member or a teammate, start voicing it and it will it will start to morph into what it's supposed to be.
0: That's great advice to if you have a dream, go for the dream, because otherwise that's the only time you will regret it is if you've never tried. Thank you so much for joining us today, Jill and telling us more about menopause, which has been such a challenging topic to learn about, and also telling us about uh, how to start a company and then start a new venture. So both of those are really important topics, and I'm so glad that you were able to share them with us today.
1: Well, thank you for having me. It was fun to talk about it. I always love to talk about it and and, uh, love what you're doing here as well. There's There's so much potential for women everywhere, no matter where we're at in our lives, in our careers. So uh, again, thank you for having me. Looking for a positive, uplifting community for 50 and up women? We celebrate 50 and up women who are living loud, living long with authentic stories of real people who are creating the life they want, winning athletes, entrepreneurs and creatives we are tsunami wiping away outdated ideas of who we are we give voice we give visibility we give community learning sharing changing vibrant healthy strong if that's you you belong with us if you enjoyed our podcast support our work by clicking like subscribing, becoming a member of L4 at livingloudlivinglong.com, and donating to our Patreon account so we can keep bringing you awesomely inspiring people. See you next month.